0: Two weeks ago, I taught how important it is that hallowed be thy name phrase, how important it is that we revere God and we respect one another because there is no intimacy without proper respect. But as high and as holy as that phrase is, the petition that we consider today is just as every day and as practical as you can possibly get. God knows that we have a tendency to do something the longer we're a part of a certain faith group, and that is to make things so heavenly-minded that they're no earthly good. We tend to over-spiritualize everything, even though when you read in the Bible, it's about regular people with regular lives who just trusted God. It's all of the stuff that we deal with, too. You know, there's pits that we find our sons in or pig pens. or there's, there's and, and, and Jesus talks about the birds of the air and, and, and seeds and sheep and, and, and all the stuff of regular life. We tend to get way too complex with life. When God just says, I want you to see me in the simple stuff like daily bread. You know, give us this day our daily bread. We tend to over-spiritualize, we we tend to out-holy Jesus, you know, and and over-spiritualize everything. I I was, uh, Becky and I, I told you, by the way, in this last month, I'm going to take a few detours down memory lane because there's so many good memories I'm taking with me. And uh, Becky and I were in this part of town where we first lived when we got here. And I said, you know, the house we were in was, is just right in, on this street, and just in the next block. Let's go past our old house. Well, we went past, it was Oak Hill Drive, Altamont Springs. We went past our old house, and there was this memory I <laughs> have of this time when we, this is 26 years ago, probably, 25, 26 years ago, <clears throat> and uh, we were bringing uh, all the boys home. It was, It was, you know, it was after dark, and 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 this this family had just moved right next to us. We didn't know them very well, and uh, and and so there's this party going on. I mean, party going on. There there were there were kids out in the front yard, and 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 the music was going. Well, I'm you know I'm one of those live and let live kind of guys. You know, well good, you know if they're having fun. That's all right. And so we all went in the house, and it got later at night, and we were about to go to bed, and the music didn't get quieter. It got louder. And, and I thought, well, I, I, you know, I'm not a, a call-the-police-on-them kind of guy either. But, but I thought, well, I, I'll go over and ask them to turn it down. And so I start out the, the door, and my son, my Joshua, my oldest son, who was 16 at the time, he said, where are you going? I said, I'm going to go over and try to, try to find a responsible adult. Well, he looked at me just like you're looking at me saying, are you from Mars? There, There's no responsible adult over there. That's why they can have that kind a of party. I said, well, I'll, you know, I'll, I'll try and find somebody. So I go out to the, to the front yard, the kids in the front yard. And I said, is there an adult around here? Well, they're just kind of, they got a little buzz on and they don't quite see me. So I go in the house and it's dark in there and there's kids drinking. Smoking. The smoke smelled a little funny, and 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 I and and I and I look at and I'm I'm asking them, is there an adult here? You know? And uh, they're just kind of looking at me, and 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 I look out the back, and there's this couple kissing by the pool. It looked like they're kind of examining one another's tonsils, and, and 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 I thought, oh my goodness, and and. And and just then, I mean, the room's dark. Just then, pandemonium broke out. I mean, kids were screaming and running, and I turned around, and I looked out the front window. There's the lights. Somebody had called the police. And my first thought was, oh, good, somebody called the police. And my second thought was, oh, no, somebody called the police. How am I going to explain this? I could see the headlines the next day. Pastor found in a dark room with underage drinking children. I could see my life flashing before my eyes. And for a split second, I considered all of the complex and spiritual reasons I could tell the police I was there. Well, you see, I'm a local pastor, and I was just over here trying to guide these young. For a split second, I said. And then I made a decision. Run! Run with the rest of them. And that's exactly what I did. I ran out the back door. I hopped that fence. And that fence was not a low fence. Adrenaline is your friend. There are times, true story. I was thinking, oh God, don't let me go out like this. There are times when you don't need to be complex and spiritual. You just need to do what you need to do. And that's what what this, this fourth petition is. Just do what you need to do. Everybody needs to eat. Everybody needs to depend on God. And so just do what you need to do. It's it's important that we don't get so otherworldly. Did you you ever have somebody go on vacation and and they send you a postcard with this paradise, you know, scene on it? Wish you were here. You know, well, a lot of us are keep trying to get in these spiritual realms, but but God's God's wanting to send us a postcard from Earth. Wish you were here. This is where I am, in your everyday life. Wish you were here. Wish you could see me here, because I'm in your daily provisions, and I want you to understand what I did for you when I taught you to pray. Give us this day. Our daily bread. In the first place, when Jesus would have taught them that model of prayer, he would have wanted them to remember when they were utterly dependent on God, children wandering in the wilderness for their daily bread. They couldn't manufacture their own bread, they were in the wilderness. And that's exactly what they would remember the manna. It says in, in um, um, Exodus, chapter 16, verse 4, it says, Then the Lord said to Moses, Behold, I will rain bread from heaven for you. Now, for those of you who aren't familiar with the term manna, they were in the wilderness, and every day they would go out. It says, And the people shall go out and gather a day's portion. Every day. I want you to remember this phrase. By the way, I want you to notice this. Even when God miraculously provides, it calls for some effort on our part. Even when God provided the manna, they had to go gather it. Jesus, Remember when Jesus said, but birds of the air don't toil or spin yet. God provides for them. But birds of the air don't sit on top of a a telephone line going, you know, they're out poking for the worms. God provides for them, but it requires something of them. And so, and so even when the provision is miraculous, it still provides, it, it still calls for some effort. And so it says, and gather a day's portion every day that I may test them whether or not they will walk in my instruction. And by the way, they didn't. They tried to gather up more than they needed. And when they did that, it turned rotten because God was teaching them a lesson he was teaching them I want you to depend on me the same way every day I'll always give you enough to make it through the day but if you try to accumulate enough you don't, don't need to depend on me anymore your life is going to turn rotten because my blessings don't keep they're meant to be used now some of you are saying well I got more than I need right now I'll get to you I, I, I'll, I'll, I'll get to you Here's what it says in Proverbs. Proverbs chapter 30, verse 8. It says, Keep deception and lies far from me. Give me neither poverty nor riches. Both of those would make me concentrate on my money instead of you. Give me neither poverty nor riches. Feed me with the food that is my portion. And the rest of that sentence means for the day. Now, let's get back to my daily bread. There was a season during which the children of Israel could not cultivate bread. And so there was a need that they couldn't provide for themselves that God provided for them. But watch this. As soon as they could cultivate their own bread... They cultivated their own bread, but they still counted it as provision from God. Remember, when Jesus said, uh, Jesus told this this parable, Luke chapter 8, verse 5, And the sower went out to sow his seed, and he sowed, and some fell beside the road, and it was trampled underfoot, and the birds of the air came and ate it up, and and so on and so forth. You remember that, you know, There's all kinds of different soil. What was he doing out there? He's making bread. He's sowing his seed. And, and if you sow, then you got to reap. And if you reap, then you got to process. And if you process, then you got to bake. But where does the bread come from? It still comes from God. You remember the blessing that Jesus gives over the bread. Baruch atah Adonai, Elohim, Molech ha'alam, ha'motze lechemin Blessed are you, O Lord, our God, King of the universe, who brings forth bread from the earth. What bread was he looking at? He was looking at the bread that somebody had made, watch, but still was accounted to God just like the manna was. And so here's the lesson. God will give us What we need that we can't get for ourselves, but he won't get us what we can get for ourselves because he wants us to grow up so that we can form the kind of character that 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 produces something that can bless other people can bless other people. I'm going to get to that in just a second. But let me, let, me, let me tell you how important it is that we try not to, to pray to God to do for us what we can do for ourselves and do for others. I, uh, uh, I was reading a, a, a study this week because Becky and I are going to go into full-time ministry with the poor and the marginalized and the homeless of our community. I want to really be smart about this and really be effective uh, because there 's a lot of ways you can give to people, and it really makes them worse off than better off there 's such a thing called as toxic charity that is everybody has they, they just want to give and, and, and they want to feel better, but you create a dependency that in the long run is terrible for people. it leaves them worse off than they were to begin with and so I was reading one of these studies it was it was the the uh, uh, Cambridge, uh, Somerville Youth Study and this, this started years ago um, in 1939 and there was this group of 250 um, um, under, underprivileged kids and they decided to do a study about how much they could intervene in their circumstances and for how long and so they had a treatment group, what they called a treatment group and a control group and, and, they, and they set up seven measures of, of health. Um, um, you know, ultimately, uh, uh, you know, were, were you, did you stay out of jail? Did you, um, did you were you productive? Did you, um, were you satisfied in your marriage? Did you live a healthy life? So on and so forth. I mean, just common sense stuff. So for the treatment group, they gave them essentially what was a big brother program. And they got with these kids and, and they just were with them almost every day, and they and they and they mentored them, and they and they, you know, kind of gave them help with their homework, and they and they did whatever they needed to do to to help the kid really, you know, kind of come up and you know be be uh, um, you know at the top level of his or her achievement. With the control group, this is what they did. They said, you know, we we care about you. And so, and so check in with us. You know, every few days or once a week, we'll encourage you um, and, and be here for you, but just, just know that we care. Now watch. In 1981, this is a remarkable to me, there was a Harvard um, 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 sociologist, I think it was, um, and Joan, and I can't remember her last name, who went back and dug up not dug up, that's a poor phrase, found 95% of the kids who had participated in that study. 95% of them. And she interviewed them as to how their lives turned out. This was the shocker. The results for the kids in the treatment program. That is, the kids that, that people helped for a long period of time were 100% worse than the kids in the control group. The kids, they just said, hey, check in with us every once in a while. Want to know how you're doing. In, by every measurement, the length, the longer you were in the program, the worse off you were of these measurements. And here's what they discovered. They'd created either false expectations or false dependency that didn't somehow encourage these folks to take control of their lives. And they became, in essence, lifelong victims. I want you to know something God doesn't create victims, He creates children. If there is help that we need and we can't possibly provide it for ourselves, God does intervene. And this is what we're to to pray. Lord, just get me enough to get through today. I'll depend on you again tomorrow, but just get me enough to get through today. And if you get me enough, help me help somebody else out. If you give me a little extra, help me to help somebody else out. I'm coming to that point in just a minute. But bottom line is this. Don't make me a victim. Don't make me dependent, because I know you expect more out of me. You created me for more dignity than that. Give me this, give us this day our daily bread. Daily is a very important term. But so, here's another point, is the word us. You know, there's no, there's nowhere in the Lord's Prayer for a personal pronoun. There's not an I, there's not a me, there's not a mine, there's no, it's always us. Give us this day our daily bread. You know why? Because God never wants for me to think of myself as a singular person with a singular need who needs to get my stuff. He always wants us to think in terms of us. If I got it, you need to have it too. Or I'm not satisfied with what I have until you have it too. That's the mentality that the Lord's Prayer gives to us. We need to be practical. Yes, pray for what you can't can't, um, uh, accomplish um, um, on your own. But don't pray for the practical stuff that you can't... I remember, I remember hearing this story one time. You know, a lot of the old small churches in the Chancellor area, chancel area, that's what you used to call it, um, the, there was the organ and there was the choir stuff up here and then there was the lectern and the pulpit. I, this is my first church seminary. And, and, and the, fi, and the pastor's, uh, hu, uh, <laughs> pastor's office was on one side and there's usually a little Sunday school room on the other side. One time, this, this uh, uh, choir was practicing, I heard this story, and this, this old guy comes in and just all hunched over, you know, all hunched over, walks into the pastor's office. And, and five minutes later, the choir's practicing, they notice the old guy, and five minutes later, the guy comes out of the pastor's office and just is walking like this. And so somebody from the choir shot down and caught him. Said, this is miraculous. What did the dude, what, did, what, did, what, what happened here? What did the pastor do? Did he, did he pray for you and heal you? He goes, no, he just gave me a longer cane. <laughs> Listen, if a person just needs a longer cane, give him a longer cane. Sometimes we're the help that doesn't need the miracle. But the point is this. The point is, it's not just that he had a cane, it's that somebody noticed and gave it to him. And it is that we need to understand why so many of us, me included, have an abundance of goods. We got more than we need for day to day existence. Do you know why that is? Because we got their stuff, and we're supposed to give it to them. You know, Pastor Pete prayed this morning, and I'm so glad he did. This is, the president declared this day, September 3rd, as a national prayer day for the victims of the, of the, uh, the hurricane and the flooding uh, and, and to pray for those who are helping out. And just as Pastor Pete said, the, the, um, our first team left at 630 this morning, and they're going to a church. The philosophy of this church is we don't just go in and dump stuff. We help somebody in the community that will always be there for a continual helping basis. So we empower somebody in the community. Well, you know, Pastor Vernon, he's got all these relationships. I, that guy's got more relationships than anybody I, I know. And, and, and so he's got this, I think it was a Thursday morning Bible study. Some of them aren't even Christians, they're just people, and they're all around the country. And, and, and so one person in his Bible study knew this church, you know, at north of Houston, on the north side of Houston. Um, And so I said, I'm sure they'd love to have your team come. Another person in his Bible study who wouldn't want us to mention his name said, I just give you the money. I'll underwrite the whole thing. So here's the deal. Every dime you give through this church to the disaster uh, victims, um, it all goes straight to them because somebody else has already underwritten the cost for this trip. And. By the way, could I just pause for a minute? I always interrupt myself. Um, be sure this weekend, put in a little extra. Becky and I are giving an extra large gift this weekend, in part because when disasters come along, we tend to shift our tithe to the disaster, and the operating budget goes, oh, and just sucking wind. And, uh, and secondly, it's a, it's a holiday weekend, and so it, we can always use But But don't forget the operating budget. But the, but the point, the reason they're going is because the mentality of the Lord's Prayer. Give us this day our daily bread. When, when Jesus, when a whole bunch of people came out to watch Jesus preach, they were just so mesmerized by them. They stayed all day. And the disciples, to their credit, said, These people are hungry, Jesus. you got to quit talking for a while. Let them go and find themselves some food. Remember what Jesus said to them? Matthew chapter 14, verse 13. This is what he said. He said, Jesus said to them, or 16, they do not need to go away. You give them something to eat. Do you ever wonder why you're so blessed? It's not all for you. You give them something to eat. You give them something. I can, I can hardly take... Going home to a dry house, knowing that so many people don't have a house anymore. I was Friday night I was with uh, our access group. High access, high access. They're, they're watching their own. But these are all special the, the special needs families and kids, And I said, "You know, when we get done tonight, you all get let me tell you what I'm going to be doing in the future. You all get to go home. But there are so many kids in this community that don't have a home. And I want them to have a home because I've got a home and I don't feel right in my home until they have a home for themselves. And so and so this is the mentality that that we serve people in such a practical way out of the abundance of what God has given us that they begin to understand it's not from us. You know, the manna itself had a spiritual um, understanding that came along with it it says in Deuteronomy chapter 8 verse 3 it says he humbled you and let you hunger and fed you with man I'm going I'm to come to the let you hunger thing in just a minute fed you with manna which you did not know nor did your fathers know that he might make you know that man does not live by bread alone go on But man lives by every word that comes from the mouth of God. You know when Jesus was facing off the devil in the the wilderness, he wasn't just making this stuff up. He was quoting scripture. He was quoting Deuteronomy. And this 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 is what the scripture does. It ties physical provision to spiritual need. Physical provision to spiritual need. When people have to reach out, then they understand that it's not just they're looking for physical stuff. They're looking for encouragement. They're looking for for something more. In in John chapter 6, verses 31 through 33, Jesus said this. Our fathers ate the manna in the wilderness, as it is written, he gave them bread from heaven to eat. JESUS SAID TO THEM, TRULY, TRULY, I SAY, IT WAS NOT MOSES WHO GAVE YOU THE BREAD FROM HEAVEN. IT IS MY FATHER WHO GIVES YOU THE TRUE BREAD FROM HEAVEN. DO YOU KNOW WHEN YOU SERVE PEOPLE IN A PRACTICAL WAY, THEY HAVE A HINT THAT IT'S NOT JUST YOU? YOU REMEMBER HOW JESUS SAID TO SO LIVE YOUR LIVES BEFORE MEN THAT WHEN THEY SEE YOUR GOOD WORKS, THEY'LL GIVE GLORY TO YOUR FATHER WHO IS IN HEAVEN? IT'S EXACTLY WHAT HAPPENS. When we don't get so spiritual that we fit we forget to do what we can do in a very practical way and that 's what this is about let's just let's just understand that this is from God and when we serve people, somehow people are going to be drawn in to God because we have somehow sacrificed what we 're giving so that in, in, in our giving whether it's our time or our, our finances or, you know, or all of the above, our talent, all of the above, and people are going to be, get the hint God really does care for them because he sent them you. He sent them you. And ultimately, if they go to God, they will ultimately end up with Jesus. Uh, I know some of you are concerned with evangelism. You know, the, 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 the most practical way of doing evangelism serve somebody because they need it not because you have a spiritual agenda for them it will end up in a spiritual relationship if you serve them and love them the way God loves them if you provide them what they can't have for themselves for a short period of time because it's exactly what God does for you if you help them get through the day this will end up in Jesus' lap it says in Jesus Jesus said this in in John uh, 6, 48 through 50. He said, I am the bread of life. I am the bread of life. Let me say that again. I am the bread of life. Your fathers ate manna in the wilderness and they died. This bread that comes down from heaven so that anyone may eat of it and not die. This is the bread that comes down from heaven so that anyone may eat of it and not die. When Jesus said and taught us to pray, give us this day our daily bread, he was connecting us with something deeply spiritual because we had to do the, the brains to do something eminently practical. When we serve people, when we ask God for just enough to get through the day, and then we can give others of our abundance. Jesus will ultimate ultimately be lifted up. But we've got to get out of the whole kind of spiritual, you know. I wonder why God does this thing. I, I had uh, Becky and I had uh, um, dinner with a community leader this this um, this week and. It, he and his wife are believers but have a lot of questions. You know folks like that, right? Any intelligent believer has a lot of questions. And and it's good to have questions. It's fine to have questions because it makes you trust God more if you have questions. And so he was telling us about a trip that he had taken. He has two younger girls and they had taken a trip to Cambodia. And he said the poverty and the pain and the desperate circumstances that they saw there, the kids saw kids of their own age, and it broke their heart. And he said, there's nothing I could do to explain it. He said, there's no, there's no you know, well, God has a reason for everything platitude that can break through that kind of pain. And he said, I couldn't explain it. And there was this pause. And I thought of my wife's prayers. I wish you could hear my wife pray every night. She prays for people we know. And our hearts are broken because we can't figure out why either. We know God is in everything, we trust God for everything. But it just breaks our heart and shows it down one name after another, and our our hearts just break. We have no answers. So I knew what he was going through. I could empathize with him even as he said it. And then after his pause, he said this But I know what I can do, and I'm going to do what I can do. There it is. Give us this day our daily bread. We don't know the answer to everything. We can't figure it all out. We just have to trust God for stuff we don't know, but we know what we can do. We know what we need to do. And somehow, if we do that, God will be glorified. Will you pray with me? God, there's something so holy about the mundane, about the everyday necessities, about those little bits that we can help with people. Sometimes we don't know who to help or who not to help or how long to help them or how long not to We we get confused. Teach us as we go along because we don't want to harm people with our help. But by the same token, help us to do what is plain and what is temporary, that we can help someone just make it through the day, and help us to pray that for ourselves. Help us not to pray for riches or abundance. Help us to pray for enough that we can share. Help us to pray for enough health that we can serve. Help us to pray for enough faith that we can encourage. Give us this day our daily bread. Amen.